want to talk to you tonight about your soul's health. Your soul's health. I'm going to read a few verses and then get back to my text. My text is actually in 3 John chapter 1, verse 2. And hopefully share some of my heart with you tonight as we talk about a little bit about the pastor the pastor's job, what his goals are for you. First Kings one twenty nine said the king swear and said, As the Lord liveth and hath redeemed my soul out of all distress. Psalm sixty six sixteen says, Come and hear all ye that fear God, and I will declare what he hath done for my soul. Not talking about their body. It's interesting referring to their soul, not their body. Third John one two says, "Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth." Question I have to pose to you tonight is: Your soul healthy tonight? The Bible says the soul, our soul, that's our intellect, emotions, and will. If you've ever fasted very long, one of the, one of the beauties of fasting is it lets you actually see the difference between your body and your soul. You feel the difference. You see the difference. Your body will be crying for food, and your soul will say no. You watch TV and every ad on TV is about food and your body says, I got to have it, I got to have it, I'm going to die. And your soul says, shut up, you sissy. And the body cries out and cries out and cries out, help me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die. No, you're, the soul says, no, you're not going to die. You're not going to die. You can go without food a lot longer than this. I don't want to. It hurts, it's painful. First time I ever fasted for seven days on water. Matt Burke was uh, with us for a number of years, a bus captain. And uh, he used to continually challenge me to fast and fast and fast longer. And I used to say he was single and he was already miserable, so he liked to fast. <laughs> I said, I'm married. I'm content. I want to eat. Look at all these married people. They just keep getting bigger and bigger. Easy, easy, easy. But the uh, Bible says your soul, and Judges 16, 16, I, I'm going to do these verses because people watch it on the Internet and whatever, wherever this goes. Uh, a lot of people overseas watch these. Uh, we know over 34 foreign countries, some of these messages are looked at, and, and uh, they don't have Bible training. A lot of times don't have opportunities to know or have any Bible training, so... These help them, and they use them as Bible teaching, and so I give the references for them, maybe more than you, which have had a lot of Bible in your life. But the soul can be vexed. Judges chapter 16, 16, the soul, the Bible says, can be bitter, 1 Samuel 1.10. The soul can be poured out, 1 Samuel 1.15. The soul can be grieved, Job chapter 30, verse 25. The soul can be bowed down, Psalm 44, 25. The soul can be destitute, Psalm 141, 8. The soul can be thirsty. Isn't that interesting? 
Psalm 143.6, a soul definitely can be thirsty, hungering, thirsting for righteousness. The food, food for the soul is a lot different. And the woman at the well, they said, if you had something in it, he says, I have that thing, I have meat to eat which you know not. His soul was being blessed by, by this woman who had been married five times. I always marvel at who God uses. In case you think you're so bad that God won't use you. Uh, if you'll give your life to Christ, no matter how sordid your past is, if you'll give your life to Christ and ask Jesus to save you, he'll use you. She had had five. Now, even Jaja, remember Jaja? Some of you old people. I don't know how many times she'd been married, but at least five, six times. Been married five times, and the man she was with, she was living with him. Now, all I can tell you is the woman at the well was a good-looking woman. Because uh, she was evidently still uh, marketable. Was living with a guy. I thought, my, oh, my, Jesus used that woman to go tell the whole town, I found the Messiah. Come and hear him. He told me whatever all... He did. He, God will use you. The soul can be thirsty. Her soul was thirsty. The soul can be loathing, Proverbs 27, 7. The soul can be fainting, Psalm 84, 2. The soul can be empty, Isaiah 29, 8. The soul can be cast down, Psalm 42, 5. The soul can be weary, according to Job chapter 10, verse 1. The soul can be trodden down, according to Judges chapter 5, verse 21. And the soul can be melted, and it's interesting. Just under so much pressure, it's like it's melted under Psalm 107, 26. Now, the body, we're made of body, soul, and spirit in three parts. I believe in the triunity of man. Um, I believe we are body, soul, and spirit. The body is the house for the soul and spirit. The soul is the intellect, emotions, and will. The spirit is our God consciousness, or some people believe self-consciousness even. When Adam sinned, his God consciousness died. And that's what being born again is all about. So when your God consciousness is born again, your connection between you and God is made alive again. The connection between Adam and God was broken by sin. But when you get saved and put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, the only sacrifice for your sins, your connection to God is healed by the blood of God, by the blood of Christ. And you now have connection with God again, like you were supposed to from the beginning. Nothing's going to get better and better. It's important that you keep your body clean. I believe in that. It warns in 1 Corinthians that you're not to defile the temple of the Holy Spirit. Him will God destroy. That's why when I got right with God, I had to, I knew, the Holy Spirit told me right off the bat, you got to quit smoking. I mean, I knew that. It was hurting the body. Quit drinking. Quit doing bad things, looking at bad things. Some things you do destroy the body. Some things you do destroy the soul. Things that go through your eyes don't necessarily destroy the body, do they? But by viewing pornography, it will literally 
rot your soul. It'll attack your soul and spirit. And so some things attack your soul and spirit. Some things attack your body. God's never promised us to have a healthy, wealthy life. You know I'm against health and wealth gospel. You know that. It's just not Bible. It's never found a Bible. Yet it's, it's propagated by some of the most famous people in our country, including that guy in Texas, the black hair, curly top. Health and wealth. It's been propagated by Jim Baker, by Swagger, by all these other guys that have come and gone. And still, they're just when one dies, another one pops up in their place and says, you know, God wants you healthy and wealthy. Send me money and I'll give you a scarf and things will go better. Well, the only thing, the thing, the only thing going better is when he gets your money. That's the only thing that's going better for him. Sad, really. But we need to keep our body clean. The Bible says bodily exercise profiteth, and most of us really know that verse, profiteth just a little, a little. I believe in exercise. Oh, my dad was a big man, exercising guy. He exercised every morning of his life. When he was in hospice dying of acute leukemia, he told me, Bill, if I could just get out of here and start my exercise program again, I'd get over it. And I looked at him, and I go, I don't think you're going to be able to get over this by exercising, Dad. He said, yeah, if I just let me out. I said, well, if you can walk from here to the bathroom, I'll take you home and let you out. He couldn't. He was too weak. Couldn't walk from place to place. And exercise, but he exercised his whole life. I went to the doctor the other day, and, oh, they just throw compliments. They throw kisses. Kisses, oh, your weight's good. Your blood pressure's good. You're just, oh, you've taken care of yourself, Pastor Bill. And, oh, it's just so nice to see somebody that as everything's good. And I said, you have no idea how bad off I am, do you? And they said, no, what's wrong? Well, I tell them. And they say, oh, well, I guess you are in bad shape. But it's important to look good. <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's important, it's important, this is, this is the temple. My body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's important that I take care of it the best I know to do it. You know, I don't want to commit suicide. Uh, that, I don't, I don't want to, you know, there's a lot of kinds of forms of suicide, amen. There's, all, there's slow suicide and fast suicide. Some people really, to be honest with you, the way they're, the way they're managing their body, they're committing slow suicide. You know it. God knows it. And that's wrong, right? It's wrong. This is good preaching, by the way, whether you say amen or not. Uh, this is true. And I mean, you should, shouldn't be fanatical. Then you go the other way. Some people go the other way and they give all the attention. They don't know the Ten Commandments. They don't know the Ten Plagues. They don't know the days of creation. They don't know the books of the Bible. They've never read the Bible through in their life. And yet their body's in perfect shape because they spend so much time on their body. They get up you know, 4.30 in the morning, go to the gym for a couple hours and work out and go around bragging how wonderful. Listen, if I'm going to excel in something, I want my soul to be healthy. The emphasis of the Bible, as I said before, is not a healthy body, but a healthy soul and spirit. The soul needs to be brought under the control of the Holy Spirit, which is control, which... Uh, God, can, of course, uses to help us to know him, whom to know is life everlasting. If you have a sick body, you may not necessarily 
have a sick soul. In fact, I find oftentimes God uses a sick body to help prosper our soul. I don't like it, but that's the way it works. I thought of Hudson Taylor. Just the other day, I was thinking about Hudson Taylor, reading about him. Hudson Taylor was sickly. Adoniram Judson, his body, man, they tormented him worse than I ever, almost like the Apostle Paul. Paul, speaking of him, his body. He had scars on scars on double scars on scars on his back from being beaten so many different times. His nose was probably crooked. He, he was a little, evidently a fairly short guy, and he, he'd been nose was crooked. He'd been stoned. He probably had scar tissue everywhere. Teeth were probably half gone, three quarters gone. See, we picture the apostles like these men, you know, these, these, these executives of corporations or something. No, no, no. In fact, Jesus was ugly. Do we have any amens on that? You that know the Bible? There is no beauty that we should desire him. That's why if Jesus walked to, walked to earth today, people say, well, that can't be Jesus. He don't fit the picture. Those pictures of Jesus on the wall, somehow I just don't think that's even close to where he was. That's why they didn't recognize him, by the way. They were looking for something visually in their mind, looking for a king-type individual when Jesus showed up. The Bible says when he was crucified, you could count his bones that means he was so skinny, he was emaciated skinny where you can count your, I bet most of you, we couldn't count your ribs. We not, may not even be able to find them. So you come to church to get insulted, amen? The soul of a man is part of either, the soul of a man can either be happy or sad. Your soul can be sad, your soul can be happy, your soul can be down, your soul can be up, your soul can be positive, your soul can be negative. Soul can be optimistic, can be pessimistic, can be angry or peaceful. The job of a preacher, please take your Bibles, because I'm real interested in this verse. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. This is the job of the preacher, pastor of a church. Hebrews 13, 17, obey them that have rule over you. I've had people come to my office and say, you don't have any rule over me. I said, look, I'm not trying to rule over you. Like, like a dictator would rule over you. I'm trying to rule over you like a, a coach of a football team would rule over you or a coach of a, of a, of a winning baseball team. or I'm, I'm, your, I'm your sole coach. Some people with some money, sometimes they'll pay a guy to be a full-time trainer, you know, and they give their authority to the individual to rule over them. He says, I want you to eat this, eat this, don't eat this, do eat that. I want you to run up, get, get up, so many push-ups, so many set-ups, so much. And basically they give that man authority to have rule over them. Why? For their good. That's what, that's what boot camp's all about. People like submit themselves to boot camp because they know they wouldn't do it of their own. They give their authority to somebody else to rule over them so that they would get in shape in the physical realm. But this is the spiritual realm we're talking about, right? Obey them to have rule over you. Submit yourselves. Why? For they watch for your souls. As they that must give account. And they may do it with joy and not with grief. 
That's unprofitable for you. It really is unprofitable for you if your pastor is sad and grieved at trying to coach you. It's unprofitable for you. It's profitable for you that you encourage your encourager. That's profitable for you. When you guys sign up on that Bible board, and I ask you to sign up on that Bible board because I am your soul coach. And I say, what's good for your soul is to know the Word of God. That's without question, without dispute. There's no wiggle room. You got to go through the book. It'll lighten your face up, change your look, change your mind, change your values. Woo! And so you do it. You sign up. And you start reading your Bible through. And you overcome all kinds of obstacles and all kinds of other things that are trying to stop you from doing it. And you mark that. Just like in grade school, you get your little star every time you've committed a book. You, and you put, that, you put your numbers up there and you put your little things up there. And every Saturday night I come into church and pray. And I go over to that board. For One of the things I do is go over to that board and I go through that board and I say, Tom Gillespie, and I look. Ooh. Tom, he's backslid. I look at Jama. I say, she's right with God. Actually, I look at Tom and Jama and they read their Bible through. That gives joy to their encourager. That joy is their coach. I'm a soul coach. Now, some of you, I realize it's a real world we live in. Some of you maybe only get halfway through, but I'm encouraged that you get halfway through. The next year you do the next half. And then in two years you read the Bible through one time. And not everybody's going to hit a home run when they get up to the to, to, to bat, right? I mean, I, I, I get it. Some people hit first. Some people, they may only read a third of the Bible. But at least they're in the Bible. And at least by the grace of God, their soul is getting some food because the Bible is food for the soul. It is my responsibility to help you keep or to get your soul in good shape because I've been around people that are suffering from sick souls. Sick souls. How can you describe, how do you, how do you notice a sick soul? Critical Critical of everything, critical of everything, just critical spirit. We call it a critical spirit, soul and spirit. You get around somebody that's critical. Boy, I mean, oh, that's just, you sense their soul's sick. They're sick. That's a symptom. We have a couple doctors here, and uh, they're diagnostic type people. They look at symptoms, and they go, oh, that symptom there means this, and if you got this symptom, it means this. You put those together, it may mean something else. Uh, a pastor's got the same same kind of diagnostic uh, uh, gifts to be a pastor. I see mean people sometimes. Mean. That's not the Holy Spirit of God. That's that's from a sick soul. If you're mean, I mean junkyard dog mean. No, that's not that's not God. How about nasty? Maybe a synonym of mean. <laughs> but that, that's a sick soul. A symptom of a sick soul is griping, complaining, griping, complaining. People come in, let me say this, 
There's no church you're ever going to go to is going to have everything just right. How about you emphasize the good? It's a good way to have a great marriage. My wife's got all kinds of flaws. You want to hear some? My wife's got all kinds of flaws, but I'm not going to tell you about them because I try not to think about them. I try to think of the good stuff. Amen? That's how you stay married for 51 plus years. Now, Bingham is 70 years, man. You've got to be supercharged for 70 years. But how about what's a sick soul? Some symptoms of a sick soul, being grouchy. I got up grouchy the other day, and she said she wanted to sleep in. About complaining, I said complaining already. Bitter, oh my goodness, bitter. I did a podcast this week about bitterness, how to overcome bitterness, how to make your marriage better. Ooh, it's a good podcast. Bitter is so, so, so sick. You are so sick in your soul when you're bitter. Uh, I just have in my notes here, sour soul. You ever seen a baby do a lemon? That's the way you people look at me sometimes. I, I didn't know I did something to you that bad, but some people, if you've ever been a preacher looking at auditorium, looking at people, you, you see some people looking at you. I had one guy years ago look at me, and he'd make faces at me, mean, mean eyes. He'd give me mean eyes, mean eyes. You know mean eyes? What those are looking? Finally, you know, I couldn't stand it. Later on, after service, I went to the individual and says, I, I don't know what I've done to hurt your feelings or what I've done to offend you or what's going on, but you've been looking at me with these looks that would scare the devil. He never came back. I'll be honest with you, I'm not unhappy about that. I wasn't trying to get rid of him, but I was just, I, I mean, it was hurting my preaching. I look at him and I go, mean, nasty, sour soul. There's no reason, there's no excuse to have an unhealthy soul. God's given us everything we need to have a healthy soul. Everything. You got everything you need to be healthy. Don't you say God dealt me a bad hand in life. God, you know, the chips went up wrong, you gamblers. The chips came up wrong. And don't, don't do that. Don't do that. God's given everybody everything they need by the grace of God to have a healthy, strong soul that can endure physical, the body, can endure the body dying through various aspects and can endure can endure tests and trials that God has scheduled for us to grow, grow, grow us. People say to me, well, preacher, you don't know. So-and-so is mad at me. Well, Jesus isn't mad at you. Somebody is talking about me, preacher. I hear that quite a bit, by the way. Somebody's talking about me. I said, be glad you're important enough to be talked about. You know the worst thing can happen? Nobody talks about you. They don't even care about you. If you died, you wouldn't be missed. You don't want to be that person. You want to be the one they talk about. Somebody came up to me the other day and said, what kind of a hairdo do you have? I says, I go to a 110 outlet with two pieces of copper wire, plug it in there, boom, that's what I got. Now, some people may get offended by that. What kind of hairdo? I'm good with it. 
It's, it's ugly. I can't help it. The fleas have trouble going through it. Somebody wrote, people say, well, I can't be healthy because people have said bad things about me. Wow. I'll tell you what. I have read some vilifying letters that one guy came in my office to tell me off and to tell me how bad I was and how I was unqualified for anything I've done. Nothing I, nothing I did was good. He dressed me down so well with big words that when he got done, I think Boucher was with me on that, and uh, Brother Moon may have been in their room too, and I said to the guy, that's the best dressing down I've ever heard. I said, I got to say something. You got the best vocabulary for telling somebody off that I have ever heard. And we all laughed. Boucher laughed. I was laughing. And he said, what's wrong with you people? <laughs> he did. That's what he said. He said, what's wrong with you people? I've never experienced people like you. And I said, well, we're just not going to take it serious. That's all. But I do appreciate your vocabulary and the fact you studied so well. He said to me, he said, uh, I'm trying to kill the bug up here. So he said to me, uh, man, he said, I've never been around people that had love like that. He said, you should throw me out of the office. I said, oh, no, you, you've made my day. I said, because I probably just got another room on my home in heaven. We're supposed to rejoice when men persecute us for Jesus' sake and speak all manner of evil against us for Jesus' sake. Now, I'll be honest with you, I earned a few of those things he said. It wasn't all for Jesus' sake. I would never put myself up to be that. Now, I, some of that I earned it. I earned no doubt about it. But by the grace of God, I'm not going to let, I'm not going to let them pull me down. Beloved, I wish above all things, above what? Above all things, John says, that thou mayest prosper that be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. I hope your soul is healthy tonight. How's your family relationship? How's your relationship among your mother, father, sisters, brothers, if they're alive? Are you talking to them? Are you, trying, are you holding grudges against people? If you're holding grudges against people and, and being mean and grouchy and holding out, then you're probably not real healthy tonight. How's your relationship with your husband or your wife? Are you, are you, I know husbands will do this. Uh, they got these little things they do in fighting. They'll, they'll like not talk to their wife for three days. Ain't you guilty of that? No, don't raise your hand. But I mean, they'll say, I didn't, I'm not going to talk. So they just won't talk to each other for three, four days, or they won't compliment each other, or they won't give each other any ground. Or Your soul's sick when you're doing stuff like that. You're, you're sick. You're sick. Your employer, are you doing everything you can do for your employer to help him be successful? Instead of complaining that he's making too much money and you're not making enough money, uh, Jesus', uh, Jesus advice to the soldiers, the Roman soldiers, don't complain about your money. Let God... Do more than you're paid for, and pretty soon you'll get paid for more than you do. That's not in the Bible, but it's a good word. Are you okay with your enemies? 
I have enemies. I have people that when I die, they're going to be happy. They're going to be happy when they hear the news. Lightel's finally gone, man. I'm glad to hear that. But you know what? Um, they're sick. They're sick. Their soul's sick. They haven't, they haven't taken and assimilated the things that Jesus has for them. Um, when, you walk in a pre- when you walk in the presence of a group of people, how do they react? There were some people here years ago, you know, but not here now, years ago. And I'm really concerned that people, when they come to gospel, assimilate. I'm real concerned that they assimilate. That you people that are already here, welcome them in, shake hands with them, have them take them out to eat, have them over to the house. We have regular ministries like that in our church here. People target people that are new and try to ask them out to eat and try to do things with them and, 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 and all of that. But there was this one couple that came into our church, and she came to me and she says, you know, I've been coming to the church here for the last six months or so, and she says, nobody's asking us out. They did at the beginning, but nobody's asked us out to eat. Nobody has us over. This is a real clicky group of people. So I said, well, my wife and I, we'll, we'll take you out to eat. I took them out. Now I know why. We were with him for about an hour and a half. She never shut up. She started talking at the beginning of that, and, I mean, she didn't barely take a breath, and she talked a whole hour and a half. I tried to say something to her husband. She says, hey, I'm talking. I said, well, I would like to, I would like to find out a little bit about your husband. She said, oh, he talks all the time. I never get to talk. That was a lie. He looked at me like, help me. (laughs) So I started going around to our people. And I said, you took so-and-so out, right? Why don't you take them out again? They go, "Mm." (laughs) so I went to somebody else that maybe was more spiritual. And I I said, you've taken some of these. Would you take so-and-so people? No, preacher, Preacher can't do it, man. I can't do it. You know, she she's incessant, uh, manic talker, and just is critical, and it's very uncomfortable. And we just really don't want to be around them. It's not all the church's fault. It could be some, possibly, your fault. Maybe you've got a sick soul. Maybe you get around people. I'll tell you what, you get around people at Gospel Baptist start complaining about Gospel Baptist, it ain't going to go over big with them. They're not going to like that. Are you sick tonight? Is your soul healthy tonight? I thank God. I thank God there's some tests about a healthy soul. Let me give you some of these tests of a healthy soul. Do you weep? When you pray once in a while, that's a, that's a healthy soul. Now, it's just you and God now. It's not a public display. Do you weep when you pray? Do you ever cry over some lost soul? Uh, do you get thrilled once in a while when you read the Bible? 
when you're reading the Bible, that sometimes you're just your, and it's not your body, it's your soul, gets a, a just almost like a wave of, of glory, a Shekinah. And you look at that scripture and you go, whoa, I had one this week. I shared it with you this morning, going down the road. He said, if you'll, if you'll honor, if you'll serve me, the Father will honor you. And I thought, what? Me? Little Billy? God would honor me? The Father would even care about me or know who I am? And I started meditating on that. And man, I had me a, a, a spell, brother. Have you ever get excited when you walk out? Oh, this is South Florida. This is a wonderful place to live especially in the summertime. <laughs> summertime is my favorite time of the year. And I'm going to tell you why. We have thunderheads come in, a tropical weather comes in, the big old thunderheads, 50,000 feet, 40,000 feet, 30,000 feet. Lightning dances up and down the outside of them and inside of them at night. You have these thunderstorms, the lightning hitting all over the place. I sing, Oh, Lord, my God, when I an awesome wonder. You know, I start singing, how great thou art, man. My soul, I hear lightning and see a lightning storm, and I think, my God's a great God. Is your soul healthy? That's a symptom of a healthy soul. When you hear thunder and lightning and you think about God, when you see a red, a red bird, a cardinal, and you think about God, when you see a little a group of blue jays and you think about God, when you see a rat snake, and think about God. Yeah, he made the rat snake. Some of the most beautiful snakes in the world. Yellow rat snakes, one of the most beautiful snakes you ever lay eyes on. Oh, how about some we've seen here? Coral snakes. Beautiful, beautiful. Diamondbacks. Women love diamonds. Diamondback rattlesnakes, a beautiful animal. Beautiful reptile. God made them all. He made the rabbit with the little funny ears and, and the, the squirrels. We have squirrels that crawl up our legs and we feed by hand. And I think about it. They have these little hairs coming out of their mouth, out of their mouth area, and they, they, they're very lengthy about this one and the other. This one fox squirrel that I that knows this well, I went up and started just rubbing them little hairs on the side of her cheek there, and she comes like, I kind of rubbing their hairs a little bit, and she's like moving around a little bit. What are you doing? I thought, man, God made that squirrel with them little hairs so that she could sense something. She at night when she couldn't see, she could feel it. Man, God's good. He's big by what he created. Do you still weep over sin? I'm talking about your sin. I've disappointed God so bad. I should say proper grammar badly. There you go right there. I disappointed him with bad grammar. I've disappointed God in so many different ways. And I don't want to disappoint him. And when you when you sin, whether it was with your mind or your eyes or whatever it is, oh, I just sometimes just hate myself. Your souls may be healthy. You laugh. Just about laugh about the things of God, the great things he's got coming for you. Do you have a tingle? Hmm. Do you still get a tingle for your woman, men, if you're married? 
You still get angry at sin. You get angry when you hear about these transvestites taking children and doing surgery on them and trying to get to... Why do they want to get to the kids? You know why. I'm angry about that. But it's not my body getting angry. The spirit getting angry. Be angry and sin not. I know I know uh it vexes your soul. My soul, man, you want a healthy soul tonight. Make sure your soul's healthy. Don't lose your soul to anything. Don't you let a divorce, a poverty, hardships, negative people, critics, judges, uh, health problems rob you of your soul's health. People who are complainers and grouches and critical and gripers are as bad as homosexuals or pimps. Their soul is sick. You know, the punishment in hell someday is not going to be, I don't believe it'll be the fire. It'll be there. I don't believe it'll be the worm that dieth not. It'll be there. It'll be their sick, festering soul that has no relief and no hope. It won't be the physical suffering. You people that have suffered mentally and suffered physically, you know the mental suffering is worse than physical. Hell's not going to be. Hell's going to be a separation between them and God. That's what's going to make it because the only place your soul is going to be healthy is with God. The only place your soul is going to be healthy is the way he said to make it healthy. This, this Bible knows how to make you healthy. The Holy Spirit that wrote this Bible knows how to make you healthy. He developed the local church. He put the pastors in place. He, put, he said the foolishness of preaching it was that would save them to believe. He's the one that set the deacon boards up and, and, and called men to do that. He's the one that gathered these, these local churches all over, the United, all over the world together to spread the word of God, to have missionaries and do all that. That's how you keep your soul healthy. Be involved in that program. Be involved in the kingdom of God that he's set up in this book. May the Lord help us. My wish for you that you would be in health, but more than all of that, your soul tonight would be healthy. Help us, Father, tonight. Thank you for the Bible. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you for the plan, the program. Thank you for helping us implement it. Thank you for not giving up on us, forgetting us. You'll never leave us nor forsake us, you said. There may be some folks in this room that are really sick. They're sick tonight. They're sick tonight. I'm not talking physical sick. I'm talking spiritually sick, soul sick. Oh, God, help them overcome it. Help them see it. Help them overcome it. May the power of God come as they confess it before you. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There's a way to be cleansed. There's a way to be healed. There's an ongoing program for the soul. If you're here without Christ tonight, we're here to help you to know him, whom to know is life everlasting. We'd like to show you what it means to be saved out of the Bible. All you have to do is you can come forward at the invitation or maybe when in the back when everybody's leaving, go to one of the pastors, Pastor Tom, Tom the youth director, or Brother Chris, or myself, or... 
Tom Crichton or someone that you know to be here that knows the Bible, a deacon, we'd like to show you the Bible, like to show you what it means to be saved. Maybe tonight you just need to make some things right. The Lord will tell you what they are. He'll help you. All I can say, when he moves on your heart, do what he says. Obey the blessed spirit. Father, come now in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.